Footsteps of Mad Men Chapter 3 Bandits A few miles outside of Way, Wash looked out of his window. It was dirty, but he could just make out the shapes of approaching riders. He wasn't good with numbers, but he knew there were a lot of them. He wiped his nose and went for the door, opening it and stepping out into the heat of the day. A light wind kicked about him. Occasionally, he heard the sound of hooves. He squinted his eyes, only able to make out that all of the approaching riders were dressed in black. As the riders came closer, the sound of their hooves grew until there was nothing but that rumbling mayhem. Several of them circled the hut, their horses snorting and whining as they did so. Wash didn't know which way to look first. Panic set in. His heart was thumping at a million miles an hour. Two riders rode forward. One was muscular, his head wrapped in dark cloth, but his bright eyes studied Wash with a terrible intelligence. The other was thin. A strange tattoo etched its way around his left eye. The thin one spoke. Well, hello, little man. Wash swallowed. Hey, hey. Well, what's the matter? Are you scared of us, buddy? No, it's just eyes get a little nervous around strangers, Wash replied. The thin man smiled, large yellow teeth spreading back his lips. Well, we can be your friends, he said. Isn't that right, boys? In response, the other riders laughed. Wash could hear the tormenting tone. They were playing with him. I got a well. You boys can help yourselves, said Wash. The larger man walked his horse forward. Wash didn't want to look into those eyes, but he couldn't help himself. We don't need water, said the larger man. We are hungry. Wash swallowed again. Chef, he thought. Well, I don't really have much food, he replied. He saw the thin man eyeing him up. But mayhap you'll find plenty in way. It's not far from here, and they get plenty of supplies. Willie and Sam used to go up there and... Uh, trade. Used to? asked the larger man. Well, these four hounds said that they must have died when Luther was... Wash didn't want to finish the words. Did you say hounds? asked the large man. Wash nodded. They came through here not so long ago. Are there lots of people in way? the large man asked. Well, I haven't been there in a long time, but there must be a lot, sure, said Wash. The large man closed his eyes for a long time, and then opened them again. He removed the cloth from his face, and the sight terrified Wash. He thought it was terrible scars, or as though the skin of his face had been turned into beef jerky. Where there should have been lips... There was only a mass of scar tissue. Wash swallowed, trying to stop himself from vomiting. Well, what happened to your face, mister? The large man smiled. 
I was touched by hell, and I lived. Wash remained silent. Do you want to die? asked the scarred man. No, Wash replied. Please, mister, I don't want to. Why not? I'm real scared of dying, said Wash. You should be. I've seen what lies beyond this life. But death must come to us all. The large man removed a long pistol from his holster. He cocked a hammer with a terrible click. Wash pissed himself and began to cry. And then the scarred man was laughing, cackling at him. He turned his horse, kicking it into a gallop. The other riders followed, sending dust all about Wash and his hut. When they were gone, nothing more than the rumble of horses riding into the distance, Wash fell to his knees and thanked the Lord. Emily was brushing the porch, doing her best to ignore the leering eyes of her husband's men. She had become a professional at it now. She had almost seven years of practice. She knew the eyes were on her, but she had learned to put up an invisible wall. Sure, they could see through it, but for some reason that wall prevented the hurt from reaching her. But there was something the wall could not defend against. Damn, girl, how'd you look so good brushing, said one of the goons. She pursed her lips. Anger fizzled within her. I don't mind looking at your ass, said the other man. Emily let out a frustration-tainted sigh through her nose and brushed with a little more enthusiasm, trying to kill the dust instead of just moving it around. Something made her look up from her work. She looked down the street to the open bundock beyond town. She saw riders approaching. She counted them through the heat haze. She judged there to be twenty-five to thirty of them. Maybe they're hounds from the city, she thought. She had a feeling they were not men from the city, that she shouldn't feel good about this many riders heading for town. There's riders approaching, said Emily. Maybe thirty of them. What's that? said one of the goons. I said riders. Go tell Martin. Jesus, said Emily. One of the goons, Joe, she saw, went inside. Nate, the other idiot who had been looking at her, hurried forward and squinted in the direction of the approaching riders. Shit, that's a lot of riders, said Nate. Have you even got your gun? asked Emily. Nate looked down at where his gun belt should have been. Ah, shit, he said. He went back to his chair and grabbed the belt he had hung over the back of the seat. He attempted to loop the belt around him, missed, and the whole thing fell to the porch. Emily closed her eyes. She looked back to the approaching riders. They were close now, enough for her to see that there were in fact thirty-five of them. She turned back to Nate. He was fumbling with the buckle, messed up completely, and almost dropped the gum belt again. Jesus Christ, Nate, 
Will you hurry up and get your gun belt on? said Martin. He walked past Emily, ignoring her. She watched his face and saw the twitch of his eye. He was worried. Joe, you get all the boys you can muster. We got bandits coming. You, he said, pointing at Emily. You get inside and hide. He handed her a small knife. If they get a hold of you, do yourself a favor and slit your throat. She backed away, at first a little stunned, and then her senses came back to her. She hurried into the building, ran up the stairs and shut the door to the room she had to share with Martin. She knelt by the bed, panting. It was five minutes before she noticed she had been gripping the knife so hard her fingers had become numb. She could hear the horses now, their hooves thundering heavily on the dirt. She got up on aching legs and looked out of the window. The bandits were in town now, the horses running through the street. They were dressed in black, but the one she noticed the most was the muscular man whose face was covered with a dark cloth. A cold wave flowed down her spine. The voices were muffled, but she could hear Martin talking, and a wiry bandit responded. The riders laughed as a group, and then drew their guns. Peter came in and out of his trance state. Fortunately, he had not ventured back to the memories and horrors of Luther in some time. The crack of a gunshot pulled him from his trance. There were more shots, the unmistakable sounds of a gunfight. Sounds like a party, said Sully. Sure does, said Franco. There was the cry of a man. A long, wailing death call. More shots followed, some of them the wumps of a shotgun. He had not felt it before, but Peter felt very vulnerable in this well. How much can you see from up there, he thought. It would be like shooting fish in a barrel. He swallowed and tried to put the thought out of his mind. The image of caged predators came to him, yowling and hissing at the men who threatened them from beyond the bars. All that rage, and no way to avoid certain death. This is going to be a bad day, said Peter. Hi. Uh, just a brief interruption. It's KG Heath here. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to Footsteps of Mad Men. This is a real labour of love and I'm living the dream, writing and narrating something that people have come to look forward to. So to everyone who has been following me over the last few months, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I would really like to continue writing and producing this and future podcasts. So if you would like to support Footsteps of Mad Men... Um, and you've been enjoying this so far, then please do buy my debut novel, Song of the Universe. It's available for Kindle and the free Kindle app for iOS and Android. Uh, 
You can buy it and have it streaming to your device in under two minutes. It's a thriller come fantasy novel, so I'm sure you will love it. Uh, for links to the stories, um, sorry, for links to the stores, please go to thepositivepragmatist.wordpress.com slash books. That's thepositivepragmatist, all one word, dot wordpress.com slash books. You'll find um, a synopsis, book cover, and links all on that page. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, that was a very British uh, apology. And uh, let's get back to the story. Nate howled with pain. Emily looked out of the window in time to see him fall to the ground, still screaming. His right leg a mash of flesh below the knee. One of the bandits shot Nate again. This time his head turned into a cloud of red mist. The scream was snuffed out. The muscular bandit looked up at her. Their eyes connected. A shot of adrenaline kicked its way around her body as those intelligent eyes met hers. She launched herself away from the window, fell to the floor, and looked down at the knife in her hand. She was certain now that she would have to use it. She swallowed, more scared now than she had ever been in her life. Outside, the gun battle went on. In reality, it lasted another forty minutes, but to her it seemed like an age. And then it stopped. She heard Martin pleading. There was a scuffle on the porch, and then all was quiet. After a few moments, she heard slow, thudding footsteps from beneath her, and then they were on the stairs. Thump, thump, thump. Emily looked down at the knife again. Her hands were sweating terribly. She began to raise the knife toward her neck. She heard the pulse of her heart in her ears, felt the artery in her neck throbbing. She swallowed. The blade was cold as it touched the tender skin of her throat. Tears rolled down her face as she stared at the door. The handle turned, and the door opened slowly. Her grip on the knife tightened, pulling the blade in closer. The open door revealed the muscular bandit, the cloth still wrapped around his head. With one hand, he pulled the material away from his face. His skin was terribly scarred. It looked like bark. His mouth was no more than a tear in that corrupted flesh. He smiled. She dropped the knife, heard it clatter to the floor, but she could not stop staring in frozen terror. He came forward, his boots heavy on the wood floor. There was a scent of rotting flesh in the air now, as though this man that came towards her was the walking dead. You'll make a fine meal, he said. She saw his hand as it began to be a punch. And then there was only darkness. Footsteps of Mad Men was written and narrated by K.G. Heath. To find out more and to
to show your support, visit footstepsofmadmen.tumblr.com. The music featured was Unseen Horrors by Kevin McLeod and Drums of the Deep by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com.